Welcome to the One America podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and today's episode is going to be a good one. We're talking about religious freedom and free speech and where they intersect. Two articles I want you to read, one in the New York Times from last Thursday, uh, written by a group of Christian women who were talking about the radicalization of Christianity in America and how it's become a face of white nationalism and uh, very uh, polarizing, uh, very, uh, if you will, non-diverse. And then there's an article that I penned today in the New York Post, and I want you to look at that article. And that article pushes back on the flip side, although I agree that I think that religion has been turned into a political tool that is divisive and ugly and nothing to do with Jesus. I push back because in America, we do have freedom of religion. We have freedom from religion. We have freedom to be religious and to practice or not. But I don't like the broad brush that Christians are being painted with, that we're bigots, that we're haters, that we're wicked, that we're evil, that we're oppressors. That cannot stand. Let's talk about it. Join me on the podcast starting now. Good morning and welcome to the One America podcast. Now, you know that I like to get myself into trouble from time to time. As John Lewis would say, good trouble. And to me, good trouble is not being afraid to have those discussions, conversations, and debates that actually bring people together. They actually expose us to different viewpoints. They actually help us to grow up and to grow out and to be better listeners and better people. I wrote a piece uh, in today's New York Post in the Sunday edition. It's in the print and online. And my premise is one that I have talked about many times before on this show over the past year, and that is freedom of speech and freedom of faith. You know, um, it's been a rough ride for America over the last couple of years politically. We are divided. We're angry. We've become violent, more and more violence every day. And our leaders are not working together. They're yelling at each other. They're literally cursing at each other and threatening each other with vile videos and memes. And uh, they don't practice decorum anymore on the floor of the Senate or of the House. Um, It's become a circus. It's become a very ugly place to be in American political discourse. And one of the things I'm troubled by is discussions of faith, particularly as the Supreme Court has obviously uh, released a number of opinions that are very controversial, Roe versus Wade being chief among them, but others as well. And there's no doubt that the six justices on the court now who are more conservative, probably Two of those six, Kavanaugh and Roberts, are what I would call center-right conservatives. But at least four of the justices are religious ideologues. You can't kind of name it any other thing. And we all knew this was coming, um, and it has happened. Uh, Let me say a couple of things about this piece that I've written about faith and about people of faith and how this country is now dividing itself into tribes. Christians and people of faith feel that they're having things pushed on them that they don't want their kids exposed to, whether it is critical race theory, which, let me just say for the record, is imaginary. That isn't being taught. If 
white parents are concerned that their white children are being exposed to the civil rights movement, Jim Crow, slavery, uh, and all of its ugliness, that would be true. And that would be a good thing because we want children to be able to look back at history and see that we've actually come a pretty long way and that we have to be vigilant and guard democracy if we want to keep it. And people's basic rights to use a bathroom, to drink water at a fountain, to eat in a restaurant were abridged for a very long time here in the United States if you were a black American. Parents don't want their kids exposed to uh, transgender, LGBTQ plus story time, uh, points of view, etc. Again, I'm going to challenge us, including myself, to understand that our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters have the same rights as human beings as we all do. And that's where we should begin and end, that we treat people with respect that I have many times defended uh, when I feel that that community has come under attack unfairly or violently, and I will continue to do that because if I call myself a Christian, I'm always going to defend people who are being oppressed, attacked, marginalized, dehumanized. However, however, comma, let's put a pen in that. As a Christian, as a person of faith, as parents, you have the right to decide what goes on in your household, what you want your children to learn about relative to marriage, to families, to faith, to history. We don't have to like it, but in this country, we respect liberty. We respect individual rights, at least we used to. And just because I may not agree with same-sex marriage, and I do not, and everybody knows that. I've been on the record on that one for 12, 13 years, whenever it was that President Obama uh, decided that that was something he was going to flip on, the same with Vice President Biden and then I believe, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Um, And they have a right to change their mind. They have a right to grow and change their mind. But I find it hypocritical and bizarre that those of us who still hold that position based on faith, the Catholic Church has this position. Almost all Christian churches have this position. The Muslim faith has this position. And so you take the world's great faith, they all are in agreement that traditional marriage between a male and a female is the marriage that they are going to uplift, uphold, and teach. Now, the great thing about America is um, the Supreme Court, at least the old Supreme Court, used to stand on precedent and law and liberty in the 14th Amendment and decide cases from that perspective. The Obergefell decision gave gay people in this country the right to marry the same rights that were given to African-Americans and Caucasians back in 1967 in the Loving versus Virginia decision. And so I have no problem with the law of the land being the law of the land. But I think where we're having challenges is if I say that my faith teaches me X, Y, or Z, and I'm not doing any harm to anyone, I'm not trying to get someone removed from teaching at my kid's school. I'm not trying to silence someone's public voice on debate uh, or to teach in academia 
uh, or to be present or represented, why then does that give groups who feel they are marginalized the right? And all you have to do is go in the comment section to any one of these pieces that people face right or go in the comment sections on my Twitter feed and see the vile things like fuck you, fuck off, Christian whore. I mean, should I continue? Folks, if that's how you're going to talk to people who simply have been taught by their church and their pastors and their priests and their Bibles that God has a set of rules that they choose to follow for their lives, how do you expect anybody to want to work with you, to be allies, to embrace you? If the moment someone says something civil, respectful, ask the question, instead of fighting and cursing, why don't you answer the question? Civilly, engage in dialogue. Why are you so angry is my question. If I spent every day as a black woman in America being angry about the racist shit that I have to deal with, the microaggressions, the hostility, the stuff that no white person will ever understand, I'd be insane. I'd be in a mental ward. I'd be a broken, bereft, ugly, just mad person every day. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live that way. And I would suggest that you don't either. So I want to get this article in perspective. I wrote it because, as you all know, I had a firsthand experience with a tweet that had nothing to do with anyone anywhere but a cartoon character and me asking questions about Christian parents' rights, which here in the Commonwealth of Virginia in the fall of 2021, our whole entire gubernatorial election was decided on that very issue. And Glenn Youngkin won that election because he connected with parents, Democrats, independents, Republicans, and the like, who felt that things had gone too far. Some of you don't understand that there's a pushback, a pushback because Christian people, people of faith, mainstream, working class people, middle class, upper middle class, whatever you want to call them, centrist, independents, feel that they're having a lot of things pushed on them and shoved down their throats with respect to diversity, with respect to transgender rights, with respect to LGBTQ rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what we've done is we've polarized ourselves. We've broken into camps, the for and the against, the us versus them. And what I'm saying to you is, is that if we continue down this path, we're not going to make it as America. A house divided like this cannot stand. We've got to find ways to find points of agreement. We've got to find ways to respect each other's humanities and, 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 and individual liberties. Uh, I don't agree with Justice Thomas when he starts talking about going into people's bedrooms and privacy. I don't agree with um, me being a pro-life woman, and I am, and then my deciding that because I'm pro-life, every other woman in America has to be too. I don't agree with that because that's not liberty and that's not America. So for those of you who come on and write the nasty things you do and say the vile things you do and stir up hate and dissension, because it's you, it's you who's doing it. You're pointing the finger at the Christians, you're pointing the fingers at others, but you're not looking in the mirror. You get no argument from me that there is a radicalized white nationalist movement in America right now, domestic terrorist movement that we saw on January 6th. I've raised my voice. I've pushed back. When I see Christians 
uh, pastors get up and say they want to kill gay people. I'm coming for them hard. I'm going to use the power of my pen. I'm going to uh, report them. I'm going to work within the faith community of Christians I know to make sure people like that are run out of church. So you got to give folks a little slack. You got to stop trying to shut people down and getting pissed off and limiting debate and calling names and throwing names and trying to get people kicked out of their job. You got to stop it because it's breaking this country. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for the fellowship of humanity. And it's not how we do things in this country. Religious freedom is our most fundamental underpinning as a great nation. The founding fathers, many were deists, many were Protestants of some type. They believed in God. They called themselves Christians. But, you know, they understood religious persecution because their families had fled that. Whether they were Catholics or Protestants, the Puritans moved down to the Quakers. These people were the abolitionists. These people were the people that said slavery was wrong. And if we have to go to war over it, that's what we're going to do to eradicate it. So please don't tell me that America isn't a country that has roots, firm, strong roots in Judeo-Christian values. People want to get on and and curse and fight about using the word Judeo-Christian. Come on, man. Jesus Christ was a Jewish man, a Hebrew man of the, the that world and that time in which he lived. He preached in the temples from the book of Isaiah. He embraced the Talmud, uh, the Torah, uh, the Old Testament. That's what he learned his faith on. But this new faith, Christianity, is only an extension of the old faith. It's a new covenant. It's a better covenant. It's a covenant of more grace, of more mercy, of more justice, of more liberty. Why can't we simply talk about this and Try to find things that we can work together on to make our country better. To have cross-dialogue between our face. To have dialogues between Christians and the gay community. Christians and the transgender community. We ought to be trying to figure out, folks, how we can build bridges, not burn them down. That's what I'm saying. So I'm always respectful in my pieces. Um, Any fair reading of the piece that I've written in the New York Post today... uh, has to be that I'm balanced, that I'm fair, that I am saying that all of us have the same rights. If gay groups have these rights, if black Americans have these rights, if white women have these rights, and Asian Americans and Latino Americans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if we've all got rights, then certainly Christians have those same rights of speech, of free thought, of liberty, of the right to choose and decide what they want to think, what they want to believe, and how they want to live. If you can't embrace that, man, you're going to have a hard time convincing people that they ought to support you and your rights and your freedoms. You see how that works? So let's stop with the cursing and the yelling and the violence that really, I know what that feels like because I've had it done to me by a so-called marginalized community group member and others. I know what it's like to be beat up, harassed, threatened, menaced for asking a civil question about a comic book character. That had nothing to do with my job, nothing to do with my students, nothing to do with the faculty, nothing, nothing, nothing. The First Amendment sees it that way. The law of this land sees it that way. And that's just the way it is. But it didn't stop people from feeling that they had the right to shut me down, shut me up, attack me, and remove me. 
So don't be surprised when you see extremists being able to engage otherwise moderate mainstream people who feel like, well, I don't have any other option but to go over to that side. Because this side beats me up, doesn't want me, thinks I'm an other. Isn't that bizarre that the marginalized communities in this country feel that way? And so do now religious communities feel that way. That means something's wrong. That means we have to talk. That means we have to sit down. That means we have to try to figure a way forward. That's what I'm about. That's what I want. I am never afraid of a conversation. I'm never afraid to sit down and have coffee or a glass of wine or have you into my home. Or I'll come to your house. I only wish that with everything that happened at Christopher Newport University last fall, we had actually found a way to have that big sit down on the campus lawn as we should have together, all of us, different people, different points of view, different backgrounds, and sat together and had a dialogue. I think it would have been healing. I think it would have been a model for all schools in the country to follow. I think we would have been better for it, better people for it. But that isn't the way it went down because that's the way it never goes down. And now you've got people who are pissed off, angry, feel shut out, feel removed, and they're aligning themselves with things that aren't so good, that aren't so helpful, that aren't so healing. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of the good guys, whether you like it or not. And again, you can call me names and tell me to go F myself. When you tweet that stuff, you do know your picture's there. You do know that, that people are looking at you. They don't think the problem's with me. They think the problem's with you. So you might want to check yourself a little bit when you go on these rants and tears and you're yelling and you're taking it out on people who have nothing to do with the hurt from your past, nothing to do with how your family may have rejected you or mistreated you or society. I didn't do that to you. So stop taking it out on me and other people who are just trying to have a different point of view, a different perspective, a a life lens through which we live. My Christianity is not just a label for me. Just as being gay is not a label for someone, being transgender is not a label for someone. That's who they are. And that matters. And that's important. And that's okay. I'm done. Listen, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, This podcast is about being provocative. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid to stand in the arena and speak my truth. That may not be your truth but I am always open to and welcoming of somebody else's position, perspective, reality. I'm not going to ever go on somebody's webpage or website or Twitter feed or Facebook and curse at them and tell them to F themselves and F off. I just, that's not the way I'm going to talk to somebody. It's just not okay. So um, I think we have to do better. I think we're breaking ourselves. I want to be a bridge. I want to be a bridge. Let me hear from you. Ken, keep it civil. You can disagree. You can tell me you think what I said is dumb or not right or not okay. That's okay. But you don't have to call names. And you don't have to threaten people and label people. It's just not helpful. This is America, guys. America's hard because we are diverse, because we are different, because we do respect people's religious beliefs, even when we vehemently oppose them or don't agree with them. We do respect people's freedoms, or at least we used to. I hope we can get back to that, and I hope we can work together. God bless you and keep you, and God bless the United States of America. Thank you.